Amen. Amen. I want to share a little word this morning, and uh, you may be seated. We hear a lot of things, you know, today which are really not new. We feel like the so-called New Age doctrine is new, but the only thing new about it is it just keeps reappearing. And uh, the the world's social messages today that uh, whoever you want to be God can be God. In fact, you can be God. You, you know, can be God yourself if you want to. That's what a lot of teaching is. And so it's as if that there is a competition on who can be the Almighty, and uh, you know that we should you know just be all inclusive in that sense and and not worry about it. But I want to share a message with you this morning that I've entitled "Was Christ Wrong About Himself?" or who he claimed to be. It's kind of a long sermon title. But I want to open up here in Matthew, and I want to look at Matthew chapter 16. I want to look at verse number 13. And when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist. Some say Elias or Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then he asked this question, But whom say ye that I am? Verse 16, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, or the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee. Verse 18, For I say also unto thee, that upon this rock, he said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Isn't that a powerful word? We know for a surety that all of the so-called religions of the world, uh, they're going to have to stand the test. They're either right or they're wrong. There's no other way to look at it. We have to look at the Lord as being right or wrong, and Those that believe that the good Lord is right, we do it by faith. Amen? I mean, there's really nothing in this Bible that can force us to have faith other than the good word. And so we're thankful for the word. We're thankful we can share it today. But notice this. He said, upon this rock. Was he talking about Peter being that rock? No, he wasn't. Now, of course, the church of Rome believed that it is built upon that. And we do not accept that fact. But we believe he is saying here that I will build a church upon myself. In fact, he was known as the stone that the builders rejected. Amen. He is the head cornerstone. And so we're thankful for that. And he said, against that the gates of hell shall not prevail. He said, I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom. Now let's drop down into verse number 20. Then charged he his disciples that... They should tell no man that he was Christ Jesus or the Messiah. Now, that's, that's a strange thing, but we think we understand that. But that's not the message today. Verse 21, And from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem, suffer many things of the elders, chief priests and scribes, be killed and be raised again the third day. Now look at this verse 22. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, 
This shall not be unto thee. He turned and said to Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those things that be of men. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him what? Let him deny himself. Put the Lord first. Let him deny his self man. Take up the cross, his cross, our cross, and follow him. That is a wonderful saying this morning. Now, when he called Peter Satan, he wasn't saying unto Satan, you are, I mean, he wasn't saying unto Peter, you are Satan. He was just saying the flesh that rose up in Peter did not savor the things that were of God. Now, the world says he was wrong. If we look out at the Islam people, they say that Christ is wrong. In fact, if we turn to the Jews, the Jews say he was wrong. He was not the world's Messiah. All world religions, except believing Christians, say he was wrong. The Catholic Church says he was wrong. Was he wrong? Was he somehow mistaken concerning himself? Now most will say that he was a good man with great virtues, but he was just a man. Were his miracles he performed just forms of trickery? No, we don't believe that. Some say, how could he be God and how could he be man at the same time? But the Bible says he should be called Emmanuel, which is God with us. So we could say he's 100% God, he was 100% God, and he was 100% man. And some would say, well, that would be 200% and that would be impossible. But the Bible says all things are possible. Doesn't it say that? To God and to those that believe upon his name. Now, can all his claims and all of the prophecies concerning himself before he came be legit? Well, that's something we've always said here at the church that you and I have to decide about for our own self. Can they hold up in the courts of religion? And I could go on and on and on. But so many religions are wrong and so many that are professing to be Christians are wrong in the fact that somehow God could change or that God would change. God has never changed. He said, I'm the same today Yesterday, today, and forever. God doesn't change. There's no variableness in Him. He is His Word that is settled in heaven, and His Word is Him. When we talk about His commandments, His commandments are His Word. When we talk about His Word, His words are His commandments. Not just the ten that was given there on Mount Sinai, but the words that He spoke, the words that He said, they were His commandments. Now, I want to go to Mark chapter 8, Mark chapter 8. I want to look at verse number 38. I've entitled the message, Was Christ Wrong About Himself? Now it says in verse 38, Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. He's going to come back to this earth one of these days. 
And we've always believed, according to the Word of God, that uh, he, He's not going to tarry. He's going to make a quick work of it. We're, we're in the end of time. Uh, the end of age. I heard that uh, preached many, many years ago when I was just a young boy. And I, I would somehow say to myself, man, you know, he could be here any day. Well, he can be. He, he didn't come in previous times as many prophesied as many said he would. But he never said in his word, uh, you know, that uh, he would come and no one would know about it. It's always the, the word is always be ready. You know not which day that the Lord is going to come. But I like to look at this part here just for a moment. He said, for him that is ashamed of me. You're ashamed of his word. I I, I don't think uh, that a very large percent of the Christian persuasion today, uh, you know, are not ashamed of his word. I I think uh, you identify by what you believe in God's word. And so when I look at it, I have to say that being ashamed of God's Word, that's being partial in some part of His Word. You just don't teach it, you don't believe it, you don't read it, because, you know, that's not the way that you were taught. And I think that comes down to being ashamed of God and ashamed of His Word. I know when I was a little boy, we we weren't in any church at all when we first uh, came to Sand Springs. We lived in Sand Springs for quite a few year, years. Then Barry Hill and Keystone always, I've always said on the west side, you know, and uh, the west side I've always felt like that was a place the good Lord wanted me to live, and I don't know why, I just felt it in my spirit. But there were times when I was going to school, it didn't fit in, of course, with the activities of school. You know, we went to church on Saturday, and so by going to church on Saturday, I wasn't able to do a lot of the things that some of the other kids done. And I kind of resented that for a long time. And I, you could say, well, Brother Lee, maybe you was ashamed of it. Well, there's probably times in my life that it was. But nonetheless, uh, it was something my father and my mother believed in. And uh, my mother still believes in. And, uh, you know, she, she brought us up in the best that she knew how. But we finally realized that when we came to the age of accountability, that we stood on our own. We're not saved because mama wanted us to be saved or daddy wanted us to be saved. We're saved with our relationship we have with the good Lord. And so he says, don't be ashamed of me. He said, because if you're ashamed of me, he said, I'm going to be ashamed of you. Now, I want to go to John chapter 5. Just got some scriptures here this morning. Want to share them, want to believe with all my heart that uh, the Lord is honored by the reading of His Word. I want to look in John chapter 5 at verse number 21. He said, For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, that word means made alive, makes alive. For as the Father raises the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quicketh whom he will. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. Now, you can see how that in the days when Christ uh, grew up, in the days that when he began to preach, that how so much of this went contrary to what uh, the, the Jewish people at that time uh, uh, believed. And, and, and so they thought here he was uh, this person uh, acting as if he was a, a little bit more, uh, you know, of a, of a thing to look up unto as, you know, they had ever seen walk on the face of the earth, you know. 
But he goes on and he continues to say that all judgment has been committed unto the Son. That was Jesus speaking about himself, which I don't believe he was wrong. That's my belief. That all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father which hath sent him. For verily I say unto you, he that heareth my word, Jesus said, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. That sounds like an impossibility, doesn't it? But we know by faith and by reading in other places and knowing and understanding the word of God that a man had to be born of the Spirit without being born of the Spirit. You know, we don't understand anything spiritual. And we understand that he is saying here we're passed from death or this old physical life that's going to one day end unto life, and which is actually life everlasting. He said in verse 25, For verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall what? Shall live. He says right here in the verses we read, he can make the dead come back to life again. He says right here, all judgment hath been committed unto him. These are his words. He says right here, all men should honor him because the Father does. He says right here that he who hears his word and believeth hath eternal life and is not condemned. Isn't that a powerful statement? He says right here that he has received exclusive power to give life. Man, I can say wow at the words. (laughs) Can you say that, Clayton? You can say wow to the words that Jesus said. They're powerful words, amen. So my thought is, is he wrong in his thoughts towards himself? Well, I don't believe so, but many do. Now, he claims he had come to earth as the word in the flesh. He claims that he has not only life, but his father has life. His claim is that he is the savior of the world. He claims also that the father, the good shepherd, the author of life, the son over his own house, because the Bible says he is a son over his own house. The Bible says that he uh, come and will send the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he's Lord of all. We believe he was not only king, uh, you know, when he came to this earth, he, he is king eternal. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And I could go on and on and on about who the good Lord is. I want to go to John chapter 14. I want to look at John chapter 14. And uh, I want to look at verse number 14. John chapter 14, verse number 1. I'll start with verse number 1. He says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, what does he say next? I will come again and receive you unto myself, 
that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest. How can we know the way? Verse 6, such a powerful scripture. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. So he's basically saying the only way to salvation, the only way to heaven, is the exclusiveness of himself. If you had known me, he said, verse 7, you should have known my father. For from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the father and it will satisfy us. And Jesus said unto him, have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou, showest the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? For the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Verse 12. For verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father might be glorified in the Son. He said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth in you, he dwelleth in you, with you, and shall be in you. Now look what he says in verse 18. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Now, this is not talking about after the resurrection. This is not talking about that. It's talking about the promise of the Father. Now, one of the things I like to always believe in my heart is that you will always find the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit manifest when you believe. Different dispensations of time, you've seen different dispensations of the work. He said, I won't leave you without comfort. He said, I'm going to go. And Satan, uh, Satan, but Peter rebuked him for saying that he would have to go the way of the grave. He didn't understand the plan of salvation. He didn't understand the, the needfulness of the sacrifice of his blood. He didn't understand those things. But he says, when I'm going to go away, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. Now look what it says in verse 20. And that day you shall know that I am in the Father and and in me and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto the Lord, Lord, how is it that thou will manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? And Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him. We will come unto him and make our abode with him. Now, 
He said, verse 25, These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things into your remembrance, whatsoever things I have said. And he said in verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So he's saying when I leave, I'm going to send you the comforter. He said, we will come, speaking of the Father and himself, and take up our abode on the inside of you through the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to leave you to where you have to wonder. I'm not going to leave you whether you have to fear. The believer today who's been born again has received the Holy Spirit in his life, and the Holy Spirit is manifesting the Father and the Son right on the inside of the believer, present tense. Now, I want to go to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. We're just reading some scripture here this morning where Jesus is speaking concerning himself, uh, that he is the true Messiah. I want to look in verse number 16 at Luke 4. He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue or the church on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Listen to this. It says in verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus is reading this from the book of Isaiah. He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the uncovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now look what he does in verse 20. He closes the book. He gives it again to the minister, and he sets down. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And look what he says in verse 21. He said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Was he wrong about himself? No. He was reading biblical prophecy concerning him and his day or his appearing. I think it's a wonderful thing. I mean, when you go throughout the Bible, you're never going to find, I don't think you would ever find any insu- in, uh, any scripture that would uh, Christ wasn't going to fulfill. I mean, every scripture, even before he comes back, he's going to fulfill it to the letter and to the T. When he says something concerning himself, you'll find it in the old scriptures that it was already written. And he comes and manifests that word in the flesh, you see. Oh, I'll tell you, this is is good and this is powerful when we begin to understand these things. Let me say something, and I, I want to give this to each of us this morning. Nothing else matters except how you see him. I'm talking about Christ. Nothing else matters. Uh, not another man's opinion, not a priest, not a friend or a foe. We're, we're all going to face judgment day with our records open. 
how you perceived him? Did his words matter to you? Did his commandments matter to you? Did his holy day matter to you? Not doctrines or church uh, theories or doctrines, but the word of God. Is that going to matter on that day? It's all going to be opened up. Somebody says, well, Brother Lee, there's a lot of people that's never heard all the entire, never had the opportunity to hear all of God's Word, never was able to understand all of God's Word. Well, none of us can understand fully all of God's Word. It just, the Holy Spirit, you know, has to reveal it to us. But don't you believe God's going to do the right thing on the day of judgment? Don't you think that God's going to honor those that regardless of what they knew, if they lived up to all of the light, you know, that they live uh, up to, that God will honor that. And uh, it doesn't mean that uh, you can just believe anything you want to believe and deny the words of God. We've already touched on that fact. We cannot deny Him. We cannot deny His Word. But God is going to do the right thing. I believe it with all of my heart. We just have to, you know, if we have a if we have an opportunity to correct something we've done wrong, we need to correct it. I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 28. I've just got a few more scriptures I want to share. Matthew chapter 28. Now, this was when the Lord was, had already risen from the grave. And this is when he had appeared back for 40 days and was there with the apostles. We won't go into all of that. But I want to look here at the 28th chapter of Matthew, and I want to look at verse 18. Jesus came and spake unto them and said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power is given unto me. He said, verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. That means disciple. Teach disciple all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the name of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe what? All things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. He claimed all power. He, he said, teach all things that I have commanded you. Regardless of what it is the words of Jesus has said, no one else can change them. Amen. And I've always said this, why would we want to? Why would you want to change the Word of God? Why would you want to attempt to change what God has said and not only be judged, you know, according to your attempted attempt of change, but why would you want to? Why would you want to change anything? God knows what is best for us. He knows what, you know, is needful. Matthew chapter 11. Let me just share a couple more. Matthew chapter 11. I want to look at this. And it came to pass, in verse 1, Jesus had made an end of commanding his twelve disciples. He departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. And when John the Baptist, it doesn't say Baptist, but that's who he's talking about, had heard from prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. Verse number three, and they said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? 
Isn't that something? That's something. Are you the Messiah? Are you the one that took my sins to Calvary's cross? Are you the one that shed your blood to give me uh, salvation, to cleanse me? Are you that one, or do we look for another? Oftentimes, what we find in all of our past, and we see it presently today, that men almost, I've had people tell me this. They've said, well, you know, my mom believed this, my dad believed this, my grandparents believed such and such. But I always have to remind people, yeah, but are you willing to take that chance, you know, that uh, whatever they taught and you're not willing to, you know, lay it head on with the Word of God and uh, you just it just seems like that uh, you're you're always looking for, when you're looking for the Word and you're looking for a way out from doing anything God has said, you're actually looking for another, amen? You're actually looking for another. another. Can you imagine what that does to the good Lord when we do things like that? I want to close with John chapter 6. <clears throat> John chapter 6. Just shared a little bit of Scripture with you today. Didn't want to keep you too long. But uh, let me look in the 6th chapter. And let me use a couple of verses right here. It says in John chapter 6 at verse 67. Then said Jesus unto the twelve. Must have been losing some of his, you know, he had other disciples besides these twelve. And he must have been losing some of them little by little. But he said, will you also go away? And Peter answered unto him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? For thou hast the words of eternal life. Where else can we go? Verse 69, And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. You make a right choice and a right decision when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I've studied world religions, and I've never found anything in so-called world religions that satisfies the hunger that's on the inside of my heart and inside of my soul like the Word of God. Never in my life. And it's amazing that when we, the boys both went to college, when they went to college, they part of their courses was to study world religions and in some of the classes they were taking they happened to bring some of the books home and I saw some of the books and it listed every world religion one by one told basically uh, all of the tenets of faith there and different things and then I was looking for where we came in (laughs) as just believers and Christians you know where we come in underneath Catholicism We're, we're known as separated brethren you see, and so I, you know, knew that that wasn't the category that I fit into, that most of the evangelicals fit into. I knew that wasn't the case, but you're just not acknowledged by the by the world and by the world system. Amen. 
He said, if the world hated me, it will hate you also. And so, you know, the only thing we got to hold on to, and thank God we talked about the Reformation. We talked about the great works of uh, getting the word out to the common man, which they did many years ago after the so-called Dark Ages. I thank God that we still have a right to carry our Bible about. We still have a right to believe in it. Uh, I look at all of the other places in the world and even the places where most of us migrated from unless we were natives here of the United States. Most of the people that left most of those countries left them because of religious persecution. We have a freedom to worship the good Lord as we see fit. And can I say to, to you this this morning, we certainly need to use it as much as possible. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand together as we're dismissed. If anybody wants to say anything in closure, feel free to do it. Heavenly Father, we bless you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that uh, we can just look at the Bible for ourselves. Your Holy Spirit is our teacher and our guide. And doesn't mean that we can't take some of the writings that other people have expounded upon the word and, and, and find good things from those. But God, your word is the final word in a believer's heart. Your word. Everything else has to fall to the wayside. And God, your word stands for its own. We don't have to defend your word. Your word is defended by the strength and the power that you have. You said you had power in heaven. You had power upon earth. All power is given unto you. And God, you give us that power to understand. And we're so thankful for it. I just ask you to bless those that came out today. I ask you to be with Brother Byron. Uh, you know, we we're, we're glad our doors was open today and that he was able to drop by. And God, in his search for what he needs or wants in his life, uh, God, he will only get that from you. And we're thanking you, God, that he came this way today and we could just share a little bit with him. We ask you to bless each one that did come. Lord, if there's any sick and afflicted, if there's any that are in a financial situation, or if there's any that just needs their faith strengthened, uh, we ask it all to be done today in the blessed name of Jesus.